Well, good evening to all of you this evening. Good evening. Thank you. Much nicer. I didn't get the privilege of being here with you all today, but I did get the privilege of eating breakfast with my family. And then I flew. But I'm um, very glad to get to be with you here this evening. I asked a couple of people sitting across from the uh, supper table, how was the day and some feedback and what was taught on today and talked about. So I have a little bit of a feeling, but not a real strong one. But I'm looking forward to being a part of it a little more as we go along. I asked the question as we were sitting there. I got this little phrase, and I think you all heard it today, right? A prepared place for a prepared people. I didn't know for sure what that meant. A prepared place in heaven for a prepared people, so we must prepare for it? Or is it a prepared place here on earth in the kingdom of God, and we are preparing to be a part of it? Anyway, it seems like it could work a little bit both ways, but I know with... Brother John D. here, I'm sure some of it of today is going to come in, and in this life, not just the future. But let's begin, why don't you open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4, and I thought I would make a comment here. I know it's common to feel like the person standing up here must have it all together. When I I know what it's like sitting there, even as a young person, and the tendency is to think uh, the person up here kind of has it together. And you know... I tend to think that might be true when you pass up 70. Maybe when you pass up 70, you're mostly tended towards saintly. (sighs) Brother John, he's not totally agreeing with me. But I just say that just to say, I, well, maybe how should I tell you? Yesterday, Monday, or was it Sunday? I um, cried and wrestled with my wife over... Oh, what would you say? Some of the needs in my own life. And Lord, I'm supposed to go out there. I don't even have it figured out yet. Um, But I'm blessed to get to be here with you. I just say that just to say, I'm in this war with you. And I want to be in no other place. It's the race and the war that I want to be a part of. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. But I haven't finished it. And I haven't won it yet. So, I just say that just to say, I know the feeling sometimes can be, okay, I have my issues, but up there, he surely got it figured out. Mm -mm. I'm learning. I'm running. But I'm still wrestling. And I'm blessed to get to wrestle. Let's open here with Revelation chapter 4. I have been pondering and have pondered in the past this chapter, Revelation chapter 4, and I want us to ponder it together this evening. As I said, you all are looking, and a little bit of a phrase that has been used is a prepared place for a prepared people. So, as you ponder, as we ponder a prepared place for a prepared people, let's open to, you are there, I think, Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read through this, and then I want us to just ponder it a little bit this evening. It has blessed my heart so, so many times. And as we read this, the title for the message this evening is, The Eternal One. 
the eternal one. And what we get here is a glimpse of the eternal one in chapter 4. And so I want us just to read it. I'm just going to read through it and then I'll start over and we'll go through it a little bit slowly. So just read along with me, remembering what we're looking at, the eternal one. After this, John says, I looked. And John had just given a vision of Jesus in chapter 1, 2, and 3. He'd been given some exhortation to the churches. And now in 4, he says, after this, I looked. And behold, a door, and I'm going to try to go through this without a lot of comment the first time. Behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking to me, which said, Come up hither, John. Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow, picture this, a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats were I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast was like a calf, and the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are And were created. Can we pray? Father, would you help us to see this picture that you give us of yourself just a little bit here this evening? Would you help us to see it? Help us to see what you want us to see as you've given us this chapter. Would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to hear? Amen. After this, John says, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. John got a peek into the eternal. I don't know what it was like, but if the heavens all of a sudden would have a door and a portion of the heavens, whatever it is, would swing open and you and I would get a glimpse into the heavens, that's what John got. 
And as I was pondering this, I thought, oh, if only I could have been a mouse in the corner. Just a mouse in the corner. We use that little phrase. When John saw this glorious picture that God gave to him here, if I could have just been a little mouse in the corner and seen what John saw. We could also go, we know other people got those kind of visions. Isaiah had some, Ezekiel had some. And God gave them a little snapshot of something in the eternal. Beyond the physical and the natural, they got a little peek into beyond this life. I wish I could get that kind of a peek. I wish each of us here could get that kind of a peek. I think it would change us. If we just had a tiny little snapshot of the eternal being, the veil between us and the eternal being pulled back just a little bit and we could see, wouldn't that change us? I think it would. John got that chance. And what I want to share with us tonight is, God does want us to be a mouse in the corner. And he gave us Revelation chapter 4. So we are being given the privilege, God is willing to, for you and I, to pull back the curtain a little bit and see beyond what these earthly eyes can see. And so here we have it in chapter 4. God is giving us a glimpse. John says, I saw this veil was pulled back. And I saw, as it were, a doorway opened in heaven. What do you think it would have been like if on the way here this evening, I guess most of you here were already here for the day, but on the way here, let's say we were just getting together this evening, each of us driving along in our vehicles, all of the sudden the heavens would have been opened and a door would have been opened. And on your way here, each of us could have seen what John saw. I don't know what we would do, what we would tell each other, but I think we would walk in with a hushed silence and maybe a fear over our hearts. We sang one of the songs we sang, something about a holy fear, and my heart said yes. I think if we could have seen what John saw, if you and I would have been given that, we would have walked in with a holy fear over our hearts. Brother, sister, Do you know what I saw? A door was opened to me. And for just a little bit, I got a glimpse into the eternal. And I saw a glimpse of the eternal one. Seated upon his throne. I think we'd have had this holy awe upon our hearts as we came in here. After this, I looked and I saw... A door opened in heaven. It's so easy to go through our lives and to be caught up with what is seen and forget the unseen. Right? Are you like me? You forget. And just maybe there were... I don't know what is happening in the spiritual realm. We're going to look at it a little bit here tonight and maybe some more some of the other evenings. So I don't know what's happening. But just maybe there were some angels that did something in your travels here yesterday or today or, or Sunday, Saturday, whenever you traveled, and protected you. Maybe. I don't know. But I do know this glimpse that John got into the heavenlies. It's still going on today. 
and it's happening. Even though you and I don't see it, it's still there. What we're going to look at here in John, in Revelation chapter 4, it's happening. It is. It's there. God is. The eternal one is sitting high and lifted up on his throne in all of his splendor and he's there. And we so easily forget about it. What I want us to do as we ponder this chapter here this evening is to somehow get a little glimpse, be a little mouse in the corner of what John saw and allow this holy hush to settle over our hearts and our lives and say, God, what about my life in the light of that? Where am I going? I heard someone made comment as we were eating, so I was eating supper with a couple of you, something about visions. Brother Larry said, um, what were your visions? What are you looking at? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Can we take all those things and set it in the, the setting of Revelation chapter 4? Sometimes it's so easy, as I said, for us to forget that there are things happening in the eternal beyond the earthly veil. This physical veil, if it could be pulled back and we could see beyond. We don't, it's so easy to forget about that. Sometimes, some places, you get reminded of it. Somehow, for some reason, living in Africa, you get little glimpses to where you realize, oh, that's right. There's things going on behind the scenes. It seems like here in the West, we dupe everything down and and coat it in asylums, and I don't know what all we do. But when you see someone who is out behind your house, and they're dancing and singing, and all of a sudden, he goes so stiff as a board... People pick up his feet and his head, and he's stiff as a board, and they haul him into a room and cover him up. The music got into a frenzy, and it, it, it just, we don't know what's going on. Is it spiritual? It kind of looks like it. And it reminds you, oh yes, there's something beyond this earthly veil. And it just puts a little reality check in your heart. Or maybe you're at a wedding, and a lady, I wasn't at this part, my wife was there, but, and a lady all of a sudden just starts shaking and goes into a, a, a frenzy and goes into convulsions. And they quick take her and Laura asked about it and they said, oh, that's what she does when she goes to weddings. And she's a part of some of this singing and these, these um, things that they do, these Islamic practices and rites and rituals. Yeah, she does that when you go to weddings. What's happening? Or you have someone in your own schoolroom. Yeah, and again, the stories go on and on, but it kind of reminds you and opens your mind to remember, oh, there's things going on beyond the earthly veil that I don't see in the heavenlies. And the eternal one and those in the eternal setting are there and it is going on and it is happening. <clears throat> If we would have come having seen a little glimpse beyond this earthly veil, I think it would change the way we look at our lives. How many of you would have walked in concerned about the way you looked, your clothes, your hairdo, whatever it was, if you would have had a glimpse into the eternal like like John did? Don't think those things would have been important to you. I don't think you would have thought that. Because if we would have seen beyond this veil. 
After this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet. Have you heard a voice speaking to you lately? There's a voice in the eternal. The eternal one is speaking. And his, he is sending messengers and they are working. Have you heard the voice of the eternal one lately? It says it was clear like a trumpet. And you know, that's the way the voice of the eternal one is. It's clear like a trumpet. It doesn't muddy things up. It doesn't bring confusion. But when God speaks to our hearts, he says, Mick, you have a problem right here. And he says, brother, sister, you have a problem right here. And that's the way John heard it. As he saw beyond the earthly veil into the eternal one, he heard a voice coming from the eternal, coming from beyond the earthly thing, the earthly side of things, and it was clear like unto a trumpet. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. There was a throne that was setting there. And there was one that sat upon the throne. And we don't know what he looked like. We just have pictures here of shining and, sh- and putting forth light and putting forth beauty. But this one who sat upon the throne was there. John says, I saw him and he sat on that throne. Sometimes I wonder if we are quiet enough, long enough. To hear that voice speaking from the eternal and saying, Mickey, I'm wanting to speak to you. Son, I'm wanting to speak to you. Daughter, I'm wanting to speak to you. But John said, I saw, behold, a throne that was set in heaven and one that sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. Out of his, this throne radiated Light, we go on and see, glimmering, shining. I don't know what a jasper looks like. I don't know what a sardine. Some people talk about the beauty of it brings out various colors of the rainbow. It brings out the red. It brings out different ones, bring out different colors. But I think what John was trying to say was, I saw coming from this throne something radiating out. I don't think it was a particular type of stone, but there was something that was just glowing as he gazed upon this throne. And there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. John saw this, and I think this is so, I think, like our Father. In the midst of this radiating brilliance, he puts the reminder, promise, a rainbow. I'll be there with you. I'll never again do what I did to Noah. There's a covenant between me and you as human beings. There's a covenant between us. And so, in the midst of this shining splendor that brings a holy hush and fear upon our hearts, there's also a rainbow. Mickey, I'll be there for you. I'm here, son. I stick with my promises. I care. And this rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. 
And they had on their heads crowns of thorns. So around about this throne, I find this, I marvel at this over and over. Though God in His eternity, though God in His eternalness is upon His throne, and He's in the eternal, He likes it when He brings man into the midst of who He is and what He is and what He wants to display. And I know some people interpret these 4 and 20 elders differently. But I think God is giving us a picture here. God says, though I sit in eternity, I dwell in the high and holy place. Though I am radiating my splendor and beauty, yet I want man stuck around me. And there sit 4 and 20 elders. I don't know. I don't understand. God, why do you like man so much. But he does. He does. And thus in the midst of his holiness and in the midst of his splendor, one of his special created beings is me and you, humankind. And so sitting around his throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats, four and twenty elders. And they were clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. Their clothing was white. And I just ponder, Lord, is my clothing white? Is your clothing white this evening? Would you fit in there with the four and twenty elders? Would you fit in that scene? Are your hands clean? Is your heart pure? Is your garment spotless? We want to be. That's what God wants for us. A holy, washed White, pure garment. Do you fit in with them? You fit in there? Do I fit in there? These four and twenty elders not only were clothed in purity and white, they also had wreaths, victor wreaths on their heads. Hallelujah! Crowns of gold, that's also that term is used, and it's, it's hard. Not only am I not a Greek scholar, but I feel like languages, it morphs and changes, and so it's hard to, use, to know exactly the meaning by digging back. And yet, it was a word that was used for a victor's wreath sometimes. Put it on his head. He's won. Crowned. Pure white. Crown on his head in the very presence and splendor of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I want to be there someday. Do you want to be there someday? Are you preparing for that? Are your garments being washed white? Are you walking the path that someday God can say, yes, here's a victor's wreath for on your head. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come and sit with me around my throne. Hallelujah. May it be so. Round about this throne, four and twenty seats, and upon the seats were four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings. This God is God. Though though He loves to bring man into His presence, He's still God. Lightnings and thunderings, there ought to be a holy fear upon our hearts. 
a holy awe as we ponder looking at the eternal one beyond the earthly veil. There ought to be a holy awe on our hearts. We all know lightnings and thunderings. It makes most of us think of Sinai. And remember when Sinai shook and there was lightning and there was thunder and the people said, Moses, you go and talk to God. Then come tell us. We're too afraid. But Moses, the man whom God said, I'm going to speak face to face, he went up into that mountain and he met with God and he came down and he talked to the people. But God wants you and I to follow Moses' footsteps. See beyond this earthly veil and to catch a glimpse of the eternal one and cause our hearts to tremble. I think our hearts should tremble with a holy awe of this God. Lightning and thunder proceeded out of this throne. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. And I realize I'm not going to get all the types and shadows or even dig into the depths of it. There's debate on what all of this means. I just want us to get a picture. One thing I think God wants to get across to our hearts is something is happening in the heavenlies. And it's happening right now. Not just 2,000 years ago when God opened the door for John to see, but it's there, God is there, and it's happening right now. Can we be a little mouse in the corner and look up through the little crack that God gives us and tremble and fear? And the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. There's something about fire. There's something about the Spirit of God that we don't understand. It's spiritual. And God gives this picture of fire. We know seven can be perfection. Fire can be an incense to God. And here we have it as the seven spirits of God. And I'm not going to dig into what the seven spirits of God are. But just remember, God is spirit. And He wants to send His spirit to us. And before Him, in all the splendor and majesty beyond anything we can comprehend, there's fire burning and the Spirit of God is there. And the Spirit of God is here. And He wants to speak. And He wants to change. And He wants to direct And before the throne was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. Before this holy throne, as we gaze up before that throne, there was a sea like unto glass. And I don't think there's there's glass, and I don't think it's actually a sea. It says, like unto. And so I just picture before this throne that is just shining. It's transcendent. There's a picture beyond what we know how. And it's beaming out and there's this sea of glass like a crystal before the throne. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And so we have in this beautiful picture now, we also have four beasts. Some will say that this represents uh, the noblest, the strongest, the smartest, and the swiftest of God's creation. You can dig into that and decide what you want. But there's something God is trying to show power. He's trying to throw up, show ability, agility, and there are eyes everywhere. It's not just like mothers in the back of their heads. It's eyes everywhere that see everything. Remember this throne where there's thunder and there's lightning 
And there's eyes everywhere and sees everything. That's who our God is. He sees it all. In the dark, in the light. In my room, in the public. And He sees all the way through me. I can stand here before you all and present a nice picture. But God sees it all. He sees all the way through. He sees what my thoughts were as I was traveling here. He sees what my meditations are as I whatever. He sees the conversations that happen. He sees it all the way through to the core of my heart. And that does two things for me. It makes me tremble and it makes me thankful. It makes me tremble because He sees it all. And He sees all the purity and He sees every little bit of lack of purity. He sees all the the right choices and He sees all the compromise. And He sees all the dirty and He sees all the impure. But it makes me thankful because do you know what? Sometimes I don't even understand myself. And I have to say, God, I don't know. But I trust you. You understand. And when our lives are truly all on the altar, we say, an open book before him to know that the piercing eyes are all the way through, it's good. It's okay. In fact, it's freeing. He sees everything. And you know, that's some of why I even stand here before you as I shared, knowing He knows some of my weaknesses. He knows some of the things I need to grow in. He knows I don't have it together. But it's okay. It's all His to the best I know how. It's His. I'm trying. He's working. And I'm thankful. Are you okay with eyes that can see everything and in all directions, all the time, no matter where, when, how, Are you okay with that? Can you rest in that? Or is there something that eagles inside of you as you get this little view of this beyond the eternal and you see a picture of the eternal one and you know his eyes see it all. He has eyes all around. Is that uncomfortable? Or can you rest? Here I am, Lord. What are you saying to me? What do you see? What do you know is going on? And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them. Verse 8, And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. And so these beasts, and I don't know, we don't know how to picture these beasts because you have bear and lion, and or you have lion and calf and man and eagle, and then you have um, eyes all within, going all everywhere, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest, okay, and then it goes on, and they rest not, and they're crying to the Lord. I don't know what these animals look like. And here they have these beasts look like. And they had wings. And I think there's types and shadows and all these things. But I want us just to ponder tonight, not necessarily looking at all of the exact types, but realize the beauty, the power, the knowledge, and all of that that God has. And He's trying to display to you and I even tonight, I am all of this. And yet all of these beasts, they cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. 
That was the cry that came from them, and it's the cry that should come from us. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, should be the cry on all of our hearts. Should be our life display, right? That's what our lives should display. Lord, you're holy, holy, holy. You're Lord, you're God, and you're almighty. You were, you are, and you are to come. If we really believe that, that just fixes so many questions in my life. That's who he is. Now, what am I to be about? Can we somehow take this picture? I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit maybe. But this picture and say, God, what? How should I live my life tomorrow and next week? Realizing this is who you are. This is the way you are now. Though the heavens have not opened, and though I go through my day tomorrow, and the heavens are still there, and we cannot see beyond and see the eternal one, it's still there. Would that not help me know what my vision should be? If you, Brother Larry, talked about um, young men having visions, would that not help if I could just get a glimpse into this eternal one? And they cry. That should be our cry. Let me just say it again. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne. Who liveth forever and ever and ever and ever. Forever. I don't know if I shared this here or not, but one time we had a children's lesson and I had a very long piece of string. And I started at the back door on this side and I drugged this string and this string just kept coming and coming and I just had one end and I walked all the way up this side, around the front, back out the back side and back out the door. And you couldn't see that into the string and you couldn't see that into the string. And I told the children, this here is a timeline of eternity. You don't know where the beginning is. And you don't know where the end is. And then we took this little string and we put two little lines so close together that you about can't see they're apart. From back there you couldn't. And that there, that's time. That's creation of the world and the end of the world. And eternity goes beyond where you can see that way. And beyond where you can see that way. And in the midst of this little tiny, these two little lines, is even a much lesser speck, and that's me. In the light of our eternal God, I really am rather insignificant. Really not very important. And yet, I'm so important that He sent His Son That He created me. And He wants me to get a glimpse into Him and to be near Him. I don't know how to reconcile those two necessarily, but both are true. He was, He is, and He is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks... 
to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. That's our job too. Through our life, glory and honor and thanks. That's what we do. If we see, if we truly see into the eternal realm and we see beyond this earthly veil and we catch a glimpse of the eternal one and all of his splendor, the cry that will come from our hearts will be glory, honor, and thanks. Even the sinner will do it. Doesn't God say, someday all knees will bow, all tongues will confess? Someday. And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their, what's the term I used? And they cast their victor's wreaths at his feet because that's where they came from. And that's why we can be there. Fall down and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and ever and worship. And this is what they're saying. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things. And for Thy pleasure they are and they were created. This is what not just eternity is about. This is what my life is is to be about. Right? This is what it's to be. Thou art worthy, Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are, and they were created. And you know, some of you also did, but I walked through hundreds, probably thousands of people this morning. And I walked down the aisles to try to find my flights, And I go from this place to this place, and there's just people, 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 and I marvel. The vast majority of them are not doing what God created them to do. God, why? Why? Why in the midst of such a beautiful creation and a marvelous plan, do the vast majority of the people not say, Thou art worthy, Lord? They go around ignoring The eternal one. Living their lives for themselves. They don't see beyond the earthly veil. They don't see beyond what what is tangible and what is seeable. This is what they're living for. What they can see, feel, and touch. That's what they're living for. And they're missing the whole point. They're missing it! And they don't care that the eternal one Sits on it. You know what? They would care if they, if, if they, how do you say that? They should care. They would care. They will care. But right now, they don't care. Many of them, probably ignorance. Some of them, defiance. I don't know where everyone is, but I just marvel at that so often when I'm around crowds of the world, lost, not doing and being what God created them to do and to be. They missed it. My wife flew just a few months ago. And she said, as I walked down through the middle of those people, and it had to do with some things she was uh, facing where she was also, but she said, I walked through there, and she said, I felt so privileged. 
I know Him. And they don't. I see at least a little beyond this earthly veil. And they're missing it. I'm not the oddball. They're the oddballs. I'm not the one missing it. I look like it. One in a million. One in thousands. They're the ones missing it. I get to walk in the middle of this crooked and perverse nation. In the middle of this airport. And I see it. I see the reason for what I'm doing. I see the cause. I see the purpose. I see a little bit beyond the veil. And she just made the comment, I was so blessed to march down those halls. I know Him. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm delighted to do what I do and be what I be and look the way I look and act the way I act and do what I do and look odd. And I've seen something they haven't seen. Have you seen something, young people, that the world hasn't seen? Have you? Have you seen enough beyond this earthly, tangible veil of the stuff and things that are touchable? And you've seen into the eternal and you realize what really matters? When we get a glimpse of this eternal one, something happens in my heart. And what's the song say? The things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. I want the things of earth to grow more and more and stay more and more strangely dim on my life. I do them with purpose. I walk through the airport with purpose. I dress the way I do with purpose. I make the choices I do in business with purpose. I, make the cho- I, I buy the things I buy and I do it on purpose because I want glory and honor and praise to be unto the One who lives forever and ever and ever. That is a vision that will guide and motivate you. That will give you something to live for. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And for thy pleasure, that's what it's all about. His pleasure. Can you and I be the little mouse in the corner of John's vision? And sit there beside John and look beyond this earthen, earthly veil... And get a glimpse in and see the eternal one. High and lifted up and sitting upon his throne in all his glory and all his majesty. And say, God, I want to be one of those that on this life, not just then someday, but in this life, lives a life that says glory and honor and power be unto him, unto the one who's over all. Can you get a glimpse of this eternal one? And then assess your life in light of the eternal. What does it look like? If I put my life, my dreams, my visions, my desires up beside this. 
And here is this God in all his transcendence. And he's saying, son, do you know who I am? Now live with the knowledge of this glimpse of who I am. And if we put our life up beside that, what does it look like? Where are we at? Where are you at? When you put it in the light of the eternal one looking down on us. What is important to us? What is? You know how you decide worth? We talk about worship being worthship. What something is worth. What something is worth is how we rate it. It's a perspective. I didn't bring a penny up here, but if I would bring a penny up here, if the world decided that a 1982 penny was worth $100, do you know how much a 1982 penny would be worth? I could get rid of that penny for $100. It'd be worth $100. Because that would be the perspective, and that's what happens, and I kind of marvel at this. These little collector coins, right? And some of them are worth a hundred, and some of them are worth a thousand, and some of them are worth ten thousand. And do you know why? Because other people think the same thing. And that's it. Just because there's this mirage in people's minds that this little piece, a hunk of earth, they did, a whole bunch of people decided it had a lot of worth, and so it does. It just depends on your perspective and what people think. But what is our worth gauged by? If we gauge it that way, and we don't gauge it by the eternal one, we'll get a whole wrong value system. A completely upside down, messed up value system. But when we see it in light of what we worship, and we see who we worship, then value is placed upon that. And so here we have God saying, here I am in all of this transcendent beauty shining forth from eternity. What's important to you? God saying. I think it was A.W. Tozer that said in the beginning of a divine conquest, he wrote to all those pilgrims of eternity whose distrust with the earth has constrained them to seek in God a more enduring substance. This little work is offered in humble dedication to all those pilgrims of eternity. Are you a pilgrim of eternity? I want to be a pilgrim of eternity. Walking and living my life, distrusting the value that the earth puts on things and trusting the value that this one who is beyond the earthly veil puts on things and the way he values things. Can we somehow allow this picture as you, young people, as you, begin, as you continue making decisions that affect your life and affect your future, put it in light of the eternal one. Take a glimpse beyond this earthly veil and see this glorious one and all of his shining that he is doing and say, God, what do you say is worth What is my life worth? What are the choices? What is worth something to you? And allow that to affect your visions in life. That has been a molding principle in my life. As I ponder the eternal one and say, God, what is worth something to you and what is not? 
With your eyes all around, what do you see? What do you know? I want to be of a pure white garment that fits right in with the four and twenty elders someday with a victor's wreath on my head and cry, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Another cry we find in Revelation. Holy, holy, holy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, verse 11, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Can we pray? Father, thank you for this little snapshot into heaven. Would you let the beauty and splendor of you as the eternal one settle down on our hearts? Bless these dear young people and your people as the people of God. Help us, Lord, to be faithful and to remember life in the light of you as the eternal one. I want to, Father. I want to. And I know many of these dear young people do too. And your people here. So please, Father, would you continue to open our eyes to the eternal. That the things of earth would truly grow strangely dim in the light of them. Amen. Bless you all. Look forward to being with you all more the rest of this week. May God give you the ability and strength to see beyond this earthly veil. Brother Larry.